If you see Paul W. Smith on I-94 this morning, please move to the right. He may be running a few minutes late. It's the pre-W. Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back. You know, for those of us in the media who bring information and perspective to various issues of interest and relevance to our lives, I don't think anyone can argue that the COVID-19 pandemic was one of those things that just impacted our lives in various ways, ranging from health concerns and challenges, even unfortunately fatalities, and beyond that, even to our businesses and just fundamentally the way we live our lives, the way we certainly live during the pandemic, but still do today as changed and reshaped by the pandemic. And many of us would now say that even though we're beyond seemingly the worst of it, it's not entirely out of our lives yet. It isn't gone. The pandemic, as it's known, may be gone, but now it's endemic, meaning that just like the flu, it's still a part of our lives. Manageable, but no question, still a part of our lives. Helping us break down our understanding of when something moves from being a pandemic or epidemic to being endemic, we've got Dr. Christopher Gill. He's a professor of global health at Boston University. Dr. Gill, welcome and, and thank you for being with us. We want to know more about this move from qualifying the COVID-19 pandemic as such to now just having it as part of our lives being referred to as endemic. Help us frame this out for us. Okay, so let's imagine that we're talking about a, a disease that we're all very familiar with, like, say, um, influenza, okay? So we know that that every year there's going to be a flu season. You know, you can kind of set your watch by it. Yep. Um, sometimes they're bigger, sometimes they're smaller, but we never miss an, an influenza season. And so that's an example of an endemic disease, even though each year the flu transmission season seems to occur as an epidemic because we're not seeing it all year Year long. But what we're really talking about is the disease in some sort of equilibrium, right? You know, is it constantly circulating around the planet in kind of a balance where on average it's not really going up or down? It may be moving up or down, you know, the rates going up and down regionally over time, but overall the disease is kind of constant as it moves around the planet. It's constant. It comes back each year. Endemic, the traditional definition of endemic, you know, applies here. It's just kind of part of our lives now. Exactly, exactly. But you also probably know that, that every now and then we'll have like a really bad flu season where there's a brand new strain that, you know, few people on the planet have, have seen before and so don't have any immunity to. Or maybe the, the virus is just, you know, that year much more virulent than in other years. And in that case, we might have like a true epidemic where the numbers are way higher than what we used to see or are accustomed to seeing. And we would call that an epidemic. Before we move off of epidemic, when there's a new strain it pops up even in the context of it being flu, and, and that's a good example. It moves from being endemic to being epidemic. What is the essential difference that drives it from qualifying it as one versus the other? Yeah, so it's almost a judgment call, I would say. There, there are technical definitions of epidemic, but I think that they're not that important because the sort of common sense understanding is more helpful, which is we call it an epidemic when we're seeing way more than we're accustomed to seeing on average. Okay, it becomes more widespread. Yes, or sometimes it could just be that it's more intense, okay. but generally we're talking about more cases than we're used to seeing. Yeah, and then epidemic versus pandemic. Right. So an epidemic means that you're seeing a lot more cases than you're used to seeing in a given place, where a pandemic means you're seeing a lot more cases everywhere. So it's like a planet-wide epidemic, which is obviously worse. 
But like the seasonal flu example is again a very good one because every year we'll have a flu season, which is kind of an epidemic of flu. But on average, the disease is endemic because it does the same thing every single year and we kind of know it's going to happen. But, you know, with the case of COVID, this was a brand new disease. And so normally what limits the ability of a disease, you know, a respiratory virus to spread through the population is how immune the population is to that disease. And if a lot of people are immune, then the disease will have a very tough time finding its next victim because it keeps running into dead ends. You know, it transmits to someone who's already immune, it doesn't go anywhere, right? And so that's what allows the disease to spread when there are a lot of vulnerable patients. And it's what usually makes the disease go away is when the number of people who could be infected drops below a critical threshold. And at that point, the disease is now like really struggling to find its next victim. And so then it will tend to die out. And so that's what dictates the beginning and the end of a flu season each year is that the level of herd immunity goes down a little bit, you know, because the strain of influenza that year is changing a little bit. So when it comes around, it's not quite what the herd had seen in terms of their immune responses. And so it it now has a new opportunity to spread. And so it does. But after a couple of months of spreading like wildfire through the population, now everybody's immune, and so it dies away again. And so that, you know, that's sort of what dictates many of the rhythms that we see in terms of the up and down of respiratory diseases. Yeah. And the weather also has an effect. Okay, so what I would refer to as the heart of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, when it first emerged on the scene worldwide as this new disease that we were all fighting, or at least trying to fight, that was properly qualified as a pandemic, right? Correct. And then now, has it moved to the status of endemic? I think it has. I mean, there's obviously a lot of debate about this, but this is sort of like how many epidemiologists can, you know, quote a statistic on the head of a pin. You know, it is the nature of infectious diseases to do one of three things. Either they will cause a one-time outbreak, burn through the population very rapidly, and then extinguish themselves and sort of disappear entirely. And a good example of that would be the first SARS outbreak back in 2002, 2003. It didn't keep going. It like happened and it's gone and we really have not seen it again since. A second pattern would be that the disease starts as an epidemic like COVID did, burns through the population. There's a massive response in terms of vaccinations. So we're building our immunity up, you know, artificially through vaccines, but also there's the natural immunization of the population because many, many people are being exposed and becoming infected and becoming immune. And so as those numbers go up, the disease finds it more and more difficult to transmit. So eventually what may happen is that the disease sort of finds its way into kind of like a a balanced equilibrium where it finds that at certain times of the year, it's better able to spread and has a little bit of advantage. And generally that's like, you know, in the case of RSV or an influenza, that's usually when it's cold and people have come back into the workforce or the kids have gone back to school and everybody's indoors with all the windows closed. And so like, then the disease is very happy because it's easy to transmit when people are huddled together. And then when the disease, you know, the weather gets warm again and we start to go outside, suddenly everybody's spaced apart and it becomes much more difficult for the, the pathogen to move through. And of course, people are becoming immune because of that exposure during the winter season. And so, you know, we we see these sort of rhythms and the rhythms can be different for different diseases. And so there are different rhythms based on how the disease likes to move from person to person to person. Okay. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Dr. Christopher Gill, professor of global health at Boston University. Thanks for being on. My pleasure. Have a great day, Walden. Stay safe. All right. Thank you very much. Headed to a break. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. (laughs) 